Amen. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse number 1. Zoe's going to read for us. Here we go. There's a couple of key details in there. Is there something that sticks out to you? It says it was a time period when what? When kings went to what? Went to war. And what does it say at the very end? A time when kings went to war, David stayed at home. David stayed at home when kings were expected to go to war. Verse number two, Bryson. Late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed. Whoa, whoa, stop right there. A time when kings went to war, David stayed at home, and after a mid-afternoon rest, mid-afternoon rest, what happened? David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of his palace, and he looked out over the city, and he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. So you see some problems, all right? One, David's not where he's supposed to be. David is not where he's supposed to be. On top of that, because David's not where he's supposed to be, David has gotten relaxed. David has gotten relaxed because David has won many battles in his past. He was a big victor, right? Remember Saul, what he's killed his hundreds or thousands, but David is tens of thousands. But at this point, when kings were supposed to go to battle, David stays home and he's lying around. He's lying around. Christian, you've got to stay busy for the Lord or else the devil will come and get you. Sometimes we have that problem where we're like, man, I just need some time off. I need to relax. You guys know when you have free time, how quickly do you go to things you're not supposed to do? How quickly do you go to things you're not supposed to do when you have free time? When you're by yourself, when you're just at home, it's the lazy day. Where does your mind go? Here, David, lounging around. Verse number three. And what was the problem? I mean, what did he see? Just, I mean, was, it, was it the problem? Was it her problem for bathing? No, he's the king. He's up high, right? He just goes out. But what does David do? He looked. Now, Jolie read a verse, right? In Job. It said, I made a covenant with my eyes. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a woman. Job said that. Y'all know Job, huh? Now, what was the other verse that Joshua read? What was it talking about adultery, Joshua? What did it say? You've already committed it within your heart. Already committed within your heart. Verse number three, we're going to get rolling. Um, Finn. So David sent and inquired about the woman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So David, he has already looked. He's already mentally gone there. But this time, what does David do? Because I really don't believe this is the first time David did this. Because let me tell you something. It's not just one random time you sin. No, it is your mind goes there first. You just start desiring it. You start not being busy for the Lord. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, who am I? Here he's going a little bit deeper, right? Now he's inquiring about her. And what does it say? What does the rest of the verse say? And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uri the Hittite? 
Who, who said that? Someone. 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 I love this part. Because what is this person actually saying? Hey, what, David? You want to do what? Here, David has another opportunity to do what? To change, right? To repent. Turn away from it. Don't go any further. And I love how it says someone. It could have just been anyone, right? Verse number four. Takes away. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the pur- purification rites after having her menstrual period. And take, go verse number five. Okay. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. So we have a serious problem that happens. David gets lustful, right? David inquires. His desire now has come to what is that word? Fruition? What is that? When it actually happens? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Did you even say it right? Okay. Say it again first, Kim. I can't say it. There we go. That word. Well, what I want to draw to y'all's attention is this. David already sinned in verse number two. David already sinned in verse number 2. Verses number 4 and 5 is a little deeper, right? It's a little deeper. Verse number 6, Kendall. Then David said to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. Joab sent Uriah to David. So what is, what is David doing? He wants who to come back? Her husband. Her husband. Why would he want her husband to come back? So Verse number 7. Dawson. Oh, sorry. Is that number 7? Yep. When... I don't know how you say that. Uriah arrived, David asked him how Joab and the army were getting along and how the war was progressing. Alright, you do realize what David just did right here, huh? This is really low. David's talking to the husband... Of the wife he just slept with, and what does he basically say? How's everything going? How's everything going at the battle? Now, I know what you're saying at this point. You're like, man, James, why are we talking about this? I know, I know that nobody in this room has escaped a lustful thought. So if if I wait to teach this to you whenever you're 23 or 24, you've already done it. You've already done verse number two. Right? Has anyone, has anyone in this room escaped verse number two? No. So now we got to teach it right now. we got to address it right now because we're going to see what happens when David goes down a path of sin. Well, I said a statement a long time ago where I said it's okay to sin, right? And I want to address that. It's okay when you sin and repent of it. It's not okay when you sin and you keep sinning and you keep sinning and you keep sinning. You see the difference? Yes, he made a mistake in verse number 2. But it could have stopped there. It could have stopped there. Verse number, let's go with 8. This, it really picks up. Ava? Then David said, said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. So what does David do for him? Send him a gift. Send him a gift. 
And verse number, and what does he tell them to go to? Where does he tell them to go? Back home. So he sends them back from war. He gets them, he sends them a gift and tells them, go back home to your wife. Verse number 9. This is amazing. Maddie, you want to read it for us? But Uriah slept at the entrance of the king's house with the other officers of his lord and did not go down to his own house. You want to know what faithfulness looks like? Look at Uriah here. What did he do? Hey! My people, my comrades, who know my integrity, who know my character, although they're not here and they're not watching me, it doesn't matter. I'm sleeping at the king's door. I don't need to go home. It's a time of battle. It's a time of war. He slept at David's door. He slept at David's door. Verse number 10. Joel. Um, So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? What does David ask him? Why aren't you like everyone else? Why is it? I literally took you from battle. Go home with your wife. Why don't you act like everyone else? Why don't you act like me? Because if it was me taken from battle, I would have went back to my wife. I wouldn't have thought about the people at battle. Why don't you act like me? You see, you're never going to have a testimony until someone says, you don't act like everybody else. It was at this point that I truly believe David's conviction started weighing. And he really knew what he had done. And he really knew the consequences of what he had done. Because Uriah, a soldier, was loyal. And the king was not. Verse number 11. Thanks a Uriah said to David, the ark of Israel and Judah are staying in camp. And my master jo- Joab and the Lord's men are camped in the open fields. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? But surely as she lived, I will not do so. I will not do such a thing. Do you know what I like about Uriah? I'm so glad that statement didn't happen. Before verse number 9. Uriah acted, then spoke. Right? And his words aligned with his actions. Hey, as long as the people are out there battling, I don't feel right going home. And so he tells David that. How do you think David's feeling right now? Terrible. Terrible. Now, why is he feeling terrible? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all, y'all are on it. Y'all are focusing in. Verse number 12. Uh, Lair? Actually, next question. And David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So you're at, uh, yeah. Remain in Jerusalem that day and the next. So what does David do? David's kind of, kind of, he's got to get flustered. So what does he say? Hey, stay here a little longer. Hey, Christian, time does not equal forgiveness. Time does not equal repentance. Just because time has passed, if you don't address it, it will still be there when you wake up tomorrow, no matter how long you tarry. 
Today's guilt will always come to tomorrow if you never deal with it. David's saying, give me, give me a little bit more time. I need more time. Maybe I'll be a little more clear. Maybe I can make a better plan. Maybe I can figure it out. Time does not equal repentance. Sometimes whenever we do wrong to somebody, we're like, well, as time passes, maybe then later I'll tell them I'm sorry. You see it? You're acting just like David right now. When the situation's a little better, we'll address it. Verse number 13. This verse, I mean, it, it, is, it is clutch. Cole, take us away. David's invitation. Whoa, at whose invitation? David. David's, okay, very clear. He ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out and slept on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. At David's invitation, he gets Uriah to come back, and he gets Uriah to do what? To get drunk. Now, we can go on this whole tangent, and I'm not going to make this whole message about alcohol, but you do see that David used alcohol to do what? To persuade him to act against his convictions. And so, a lot of times people focus in, and they're like, well, this is what alcohol is about. Yeah, I do see, I really do. But I don't want y'all to just get focused on that. Because let me tell you something. Anything that is put in your life that causes you to not act on your convictions is just as bad as being drunk on wine. Drunk with alcohol. It may be a significant other. When I'm around them, I don't make the good choices. My convictions go out the window. When I'm with that friend group, convictions gone. Here, David uses alcohol in hopes that Uriah would lose his convictions. Change his mind. But what happens? He doesn't. He doesn't. Verse number 15. And it came to pass that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. What is he? What? I can't get him to go back home. He's too loyal. He writes a letter and says, go send this back to Joab. And this is verse number 16. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire from him. Retreat that he may be smitten and die. Fifteen, sorry. Blue, blue letters. So here we go. Uriah comes in. David says, hey, how's the war going? I hope it's going great. Hey, here's, here's a gift. Go back home, sleep with your wife. Uriah says, no, I will not. No, I will not. David says, why don't you act like everyone else? Then on top of that, he says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and sway your convictions by changing the circumstances. But Uriah stood strong. His convictions went beyond circumstances, went beyond people. He was with the king. The king invited him. It didn't matter to Uriah because his loyalty to God and his people meant more than the invitation by the king of man. And then on top of that, he gets a letter. Hey, send this to the captain. And it's his death sentence. It's his death sentence. Now, do you know why I know Uriah was such a good soldier? He didn't read the letter. Do you know as David's writing... Writing that letter, you can almost probably see a tear on David's eyes, right? And he's writing and he's shaking. He says, he's not even going to read this. He's such a good soldier. 
But I'm writing it anyway, because guess what? I don't want anyone to find out about my sin. And if it means Uriah dying, then so be it. But it started with a thought. Like I said, every single one of y'all has already had the thought. This started with a thought. So David's probably crying as he's writing that letter. Knowing that Uriah's not even going to read it because he's such a good soldier. His long journey, not even just going to open up the peak. I wonder what the king has to say. No, not Uriah. Verse number 16. It came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. What is he doing? He's doing exactly what the letter says, right? I'm going to send him into a hot spot of the battle. Verse number 17. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David. What? They didn't execute the plan exactly, right? They were supposed to retreat. They were supposed to retreat. But what happened? We're not leaving you, Uriah. We're not leaving you. I know the captain said retreat, but we're standing right here. We'd rather die with Uriah then retreat and live with ourselves. Isn't this amazing? And it's amazing because Uriah stood and fought even whenever he heard the retreat. Retreat! Uriah still fought. And Uriah also slept at the king's door when he went back home. He didn't just do it when he was with the crowd. He did it when he was alone. Christian, if you do it in the crowd, you better do it when you're alone. And if you're not doing it when you're alone, it will start sifting in into your life in the public and people will know your character. But Uriah stood strong because he acted loyal when he was alone. David did not. Who are you loyal to when you're alone? I don't care who you're loyal to when you're with others. That's easy. It's easy to be loyal to God right now. It's easy to be loyal for 20 or 25 minutes. But when you're home alone, when you're on your phone, when you're with your significant other, when you're with your friends, how hard is it? And who are you loyal to? And so some of the servants died. People died with Uriah. It wasn't just him. And it says, and Uriah the Hittite died also. And it was more than just him. Verse number 18. We're going to go really, really quick here. Takes what? Are y'all following with me? Good, good. Job sent David a full so he sends a letter back. He's actually worried about sending a letter back because guess what? He wasn't able to follow through exactly with the plans that David had. More people died. So when he's sending the report back, it's not just Uriah died. No, it's other people died. They got too close to the wall. They were too close to the enemy. They didn't retreat. They pushed on. And it wasn't just Uriah. It was many others. So even Joab's getting scared writing this letter, right? I hope King David doesn't get mad at me because I couldn't do exactly what he said. Verse number 22. Good. 
The messenger set out, and when he arrived, he told David everything Joab had sent him to say. Verse number 23. The messenger said to David, The men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Verse number 24. Then the archers shot arrows at your servant from the wall, and some of the king's men died. Moreover, your servant Uriah and is dead. I want you to read verse number 23. We're going to break this down real quick, and then we're going to carry through. Read verse number 23 more time. Y'all see what it says right there? The messenger said to David, The men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Can y'all see what happens here? Y'all actually see what happens? We actually get to see a, a little bit of the story of the battle. What happens at the battle? It starts off, it looks like they're losing, right? And they're losing, and he's about to send the call, right? Retreat, retreat. It's about to happen. About to, he's about to get wrecked. I'm going to follow through exactly with David's orders. And then all of a sudden, when it started looking bad, because Uriah didn't retreat when it started looking bad. No, Uriah. Come on, come on. They're fighting. It even says that it seems like the war, the battle changed. What did it say? It started out not looking good. Then what happened? They pushed him back. Come on, guys. We've got him. We're going into the city. We're getting close to the wall. It started in the field. Now we're in the city. Now we're in the city. So you've got to understand, not only did the men die, not only did the plans not pan out, but they actually had victory going in. God had victory to the people who were loyal to him. God saw victory through Uriah. But guess what happens? Following orders. Some retreated. They got too close to the wall. Even some of the soldiers believed they had the victory even when retreat was sounded. Your sin has consequences. David's sin had consequences Beyond his own bedroom. Beyond his own kingdom. Beyond the walls of his house. And it started with the fall. Next verse. Ben. David told the messenger, say this to Joab. Don't let this upset you. Whoa, what does King David say? Do you see how far David has fallen? He was so high. The victor. King of Israel. And now he's excited about the news of people dying in his army simply because your eyes dead. Keep going, man. The sword devours one as well as another. Press the attack against the city and destroy it. Say this to encourage Joab. I'm just going to be honest with you. I hate David right now. I absolutely hate him. And do you know why I hate him? This wordage right here it's like poetry. It's so nice, isn't it? Man dies by the sword. But we will carry on. Tell them to go and take the city. I wonder by the letters and by the words of David if other people knew he was wrong with God. Just because other people don't know you're not right with God doesn't mean it's not affecting you. Because David still knew the right words to say. Do you not know the right words to say when you're struggling with sin? Nobody knows I struggle with it. I show up to church, I can say the right words, but no one knows I struggle with it, and that's okay. 
Because they don't know. You're just like David right here. You're missing the big picture. You're missing the big picture because you're only thinking about yourself. David here, only thinking about himself. And I know he's only thinking about himself because his men just died. But he's only happy because Uriah is dead. And he's thinking, man, consequences of my sin, people finding out, is over. Verse number 26. This is kind of sad. Take us away, Cole. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. Don't you love throughout this whole story it is not painted in the picture that she acted wrong? Is that not interesting? Because that's not the point. The point is David sinning. The, David could, the king could have an order like that and have a wife. He could have any. But he went after someone's wife. You see the issue? Here you actually get to see she's actually upset. And why is she sad? Because she lost a man that was loyal to everyone. Even when nobody looked. And she would much rather a man who was loyal when, when nobody looked than a king who could say the right words. When I tell you if you're looking for significant others, be careful for the one who knows how to say the right words. Go for the one who has character when no one's looking. You see it? This could be a point where she said, I slept with the king. I'm with the king. And now I can be with the king. But she's mourning. Verse number 27. I'll go ahead and I'll finish off. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house. Don't you, don't you like that too? I like that. David had to go after her again. She didn't come run into the castle. She didn't come running into his doors. She didn't say, hey, it's over. No, David initiated. David went through. David, David, David. David fetched after her. And what does it say? She became his wife. Bear him a son. Now, at this point, can other people figure out what's going on? Yeah. Does David think a lot of people have figured it out? He thinks he's gotten around it, right? No one's going to know. He was dead. That's fine. It's now legal. I can have her as my wife. Things are fine. Nobody has to really know when the baby was conceived. How many times do we hope and pray that whenever we do sin, I just hope no one finds out? And then when you do get caught, you're like, no, it was just a one-time thing. It only happened once. I promise. This was the most recent. I promise. I tell you it wasn't because it all came from a thought and your thought went farther and farther around. Because if I catch you in the action, you had the thought a week ago. So whenever you're caught in the action and you wonder why, man, why do my parents get upset whenever they see me do something wrong? Because they know it was a thought in your heart days before. You see the problem? And what does it say there at the end? This is the, one of the best statements in this whole chapter. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. 
But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Just because you believe in this life that you have temporary ease or that the sun is starting to shine a little brighter, that your plans in this world seem to start making progress, and you can finally get over that sin like you can conquer it on your own, you can figure out a scheme on your own, God saw it all. God saw it all. And you want me to tell you something? You know what I like about this too? If we know that God is faithful, and we all know the characteristics of God, what do you think God's thoughts were to Uriah? What do you think they were? You have the king of Israel. You have a faithful soldier. Right? In the world's eyes, who's, who's doing the right thing? The king. Why? Because he's the king. He's got the right words. He's got the right charisma. He knows what to say. We don't have to worry about what he does when he's alone. What about the soldier? He's just a soldier, right? Now here's this part that's amazing. We're going to close out with this. It said that the thing that David had done displeased who? Do you not see God with Uriah? Can you all follow with me just for a second? I'm going to go back to an old statement. David probably writing that letter, right? Uriah's death sentence. You can probably see, like I said, there's emotion, there's tears as he's writing it because he says, I know he's not even going to read this. He's going to hold his own death sentence. He's going to battle. He's not coming home. This will be it. He's fought the good fight. And he takes that letter, right? And he goes and gives it to the captain because he didn't read the letter. He didn't know what was happening. And as the fight's going on, you can see the Lord blessing him in the battle. You're coming home, Uriah. You're coming home. Not because of anything that you did, but because you were faithful to me and me alone. I don't care about the king of David right now. I care about the servant of Uriah pleasing me to death. Christian, just because life gets difficult, just because it seems like you're always in the battle, that you're up to the tower, and the enemy's throwing its arrows, doesn't mean you're not right with God, because Uriah was right with God with arrows in his chest, but David had a woman on his side, and he was a thousand miles from God. It's not worth your thought becoming an action. Like I said, everyone has had that thought. And I don't care what your title is. Cole the Christian doesn't mean a thing with Cole with impure thoughts. You following with me, guys? This is something that you can take and you can hold and see the seriousness of what sin does to the Christian. Do you believe that sin is that serious? So you're saying, man, what am I supposed to do with that? I mean, come on, it's a good lesson, whatever, it's history. What sin in your life that you try to hide from others? What sin in your life that if you knew that everyone else found out that you did it, that they would probably think low of you? They would probably think, man, how could he do that? Or how could she do that? What is that sin in your life that you think doesn't affect anyone, but you do it anyway? Oh, King David, God saw it all.
and it displeased him. What does God see when he looks at your life? I don't care if you're 11 or 99. God sees it all. God sees it all. We're going to have Ben choose somebody to close us out. If y'all good with that? Y'all good? Ben, who you got? Kale. Kale.